You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Monday, March 15th, a brand new week. Of course, if you're a college basketball fan, March Madness week, NCAA tournament beginning a later this week but this ain't a hoops show this is a hockey show this is a puck show hockey our focus nhl card for this monday is a very interesting one uh, and a very busy one uh we've got lots of games on tap nine altogether uh, in nhl action it was going to be 10 uh, but we do have a postponement with the st louis blues and the los angeles kings uh unfortunately the blues having trouble uh or, or getting or sorry la i should say having trouble getting out of denver colorado due to weather issues uh, so as a result, uh, that game postponed between the Blues and the Kings. Everything else, though, tonight uh, is on, is good to go. So let's get right to it uh, and break down these nine uh, NHL games. We'll start with the Nashville Predators taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Note the start time here. We've got a late afternoon affair here, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific time uh, between these two teams. We've got uh, Tampa Bay minus 320, uh, road, uh, home favorites, I should say, uh, in this game, huge favorite, as you would expect. The total five and a half year uh, shaded to the over in this game. Pretty much right around where Tampa was on Saturday night in terms of how big a favorite they were against the uh, Nashville Predators. I cashed a best bet winner Saturday night uh, on the Ice Guys show with Tampa Bay puck line. Minus one and a half, minus 125, uh, and uh, got the job done. Uh, although Nashville certainly pushed back uh, in that game. It was a rough start. Tampa Bay... Came out flying, which I thought they would. I talked about a big proponent for me liking the Lightning on the puck line. Uh, Saturday was the fact that they had beaten, they had lost to the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday night. And if there's any loss that could wake up a team and get them to really bounce back strong, it's losing to the Detroit Red Wings. And Tampa Bay got off to that nice start, 3-0 lead. 
Uh, they were up 4-1 uh, after the second period. But here's this Nashville team that is banged up beyond belief on the blue line in terms of injuries and suspensions. Uh, and here they are not rolling over in that game. They got it to four to three. And at that point in the game, I'm wondering, why the hell didn't I do what Alex did and just bet the <laughs> bet the over in this game? Now I'm sweating this puck line a little bit. But never, uh, never, uh, nevertheless, Tampa Bay uh, was able to get the insurance goal they needed once it got to 4-3, courtesy of Blake Coleman. Pekka Rene was kind of rant, wretched in net once again uh, for the Predators, and then they put it away with the empty net goal to win 6-3. to three. Uh, there's no way I'm back in Tampa here, or sorry, Nashville here today. Uh, it's just a question of, do I want to go back to the well with Tampa Bay puck line here? Because, you know, there's so much the better of these two teams. There's no question. And we know Nashville, from, a, from an injury standpoint, you look at this blue line, Roman Yossi being out is significant, you know, for this Nashville Predators team, because we've often said on this show, he's their best defenseman by far. And after that, there's a huge drop off. You know, they can at least thank goodness that they got Matthias Ekholm back, who's, who's decent. But other than that, you've got a uh, laundry list of inexperienced, green, youthful defensemen that I fl flat out don't trust against a very potent Tampa Bay team. Alexander Carrier, Matt Benning, Dante Fabro, Frederick Allard, uh, Jeremy Davies. That's your blue line for the Nashville Predators today, and largely the same kind of blue line you saw Saturday night as well. Good luck uh, against Tampa. And, of course, we know Tampa got six goals against them the other night. Curtis McElhaney, though, it appears, is going to be in net this afternoon for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he's likely uh, going to be the starting goalie for Tampa. No confirmation yet for Nashville. I think it'll be Rene again, and Rene's had a tough go of it lately, but they got no choice with Soros out right now for this team. McElhaney off a dreadful game. Uh, the game they lost to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, six to four, he was in net that night. And it hasn't really been all that great of a season for McElhaney. I mean, you look at his numbers, sub 900 save percentage, three over three goals against average. So he's really had a tough time in that backup role. And I'll say this about Nashville. They've got a lot of guys out, but this youthful, youthful movement that they've got going right now, the last couple of games, the, the work ethics actually improved. You know, I'm actually seeing these guys play better, work a little bit harder than some of these overpaid veteran stiffs on this team, you know, to be honest with you, Nashville. I'm seeing these young kids work work harder, give you a little bit more from an effort standpoint and, a you know, roll up your sleeves and maybe win some puck battles standpoint than a lot of these, uh, you know, struggling veterans like Johansson and Arvidsson and Grandland and some of these guys that they should be getting more from and they're not. So with all of this youth in the lineup, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be breakdowns. But they have worked hard. So, and put that and combine that with the fact that Curtis McElhaney's in net for Tampa Bay. I'm going to steer away from Tampa Bay puck line to, in this game and go toward the over and go toward the total in this game at five and a half. It's a very reasonable total. Nashville has shown in a couple of these games this year, they've scored three goals plus, you know, against Tampa Bay. And Alex said it Saturday, and I'll say it now Tampa Bay has kind of given up some goals lately. Let's be honest. Like they've given up some goals to Detroit. They gave up a lot of goals to Chicago when they played the Blackhawks. They gave up three to Nashville the other night. So to me, this total of five and a half looks pretty cheap to me, especially with McElhaney confirmed in net for the Lightning. So we'll go Predators Lightning over five and a half, minus 120 for this early start afternoon affair. Alex, what do you think here? Nashville, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the over. Uh, just like I liked it on, on Saturday, you know, like Nashville's defense is uh, absolutely atrocious right now, but they're getting goals. Uh, offensively, especially, and that's something you want to look for too. When you have teams that are getting blown out, 
you play a team like a, like a Tampa Bay who can roll five, six, seven goals on you. Uh, they sometimes might, you know, just take their foot off the gas a little bit and, and they'll allow one or two goals in. So just help your cause even more with the over. That's what I kind of expect here. I think Tampa Bay will have another blowout win, but uh, like I said, you know, especially with McElhaney and Ned, I think we're, we'll see at least natural get a couple of their own and help move this in. I'm surprised we didn't see this number at six uh, with the, the, the stretch of runs to the over that Tampa Bay's on. So getting five and a half is, a, is an excellent number here. All right, Alex, on the over as well. We welcome in uh, Jimmy Murphy uh, to the show. Jimmy, how are you on this Monday? And uh, what do you think here with Nashville, Tampa? I'm great, guys. Happy St. Patrick's week. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, yep. even though we're stranded inside. Get we'll that make booze it chilled. Get that booze chill. You know. yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> McLean's pub in Montreal behind me here because uh, I would be there normally uh, this week uh, up visiting my friends there. But uh, guys, I, I see a lot of goals as well in this game. I, I think that's a really actually surprisingly low over under. Uh, just as you said, Ian, considering the way the Tampa Bay Lightning have been playing lately, um, I, I think that's a great call there. So I'll go with that as my official play as well. And I'll also throw a second one in on this too. Um, I, I don't like the way Tampa's playing lately overall, big picture-wise. They've been a little up and down lately, seeing some weaknesses there, some trends, kind of getting beaten in the neutral zone sometimes. Uh, I like Nashville in the first period to come out here and kind of catch them by surprise. And then maybe Tampa wakes up as the game goes on and says, all right, we got to snap out of this uh, and take this seriously. So give me the, uh, the Nashville Predators uh, in the first period. All right. Boldly go where no man's gone before. And that's betting Nashville. But uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, Nashville, I was impressed. Like th these guys are banged up on the blue line. Like it's it's amazing how many, it's not just Yossi. Yossi is the big absence, but it's Ryan Ellis. It's Lucas Spiza. Uh, Mark Borvietsky looks like he's out. And it is just, it's all youth now on this blue line for Nashville. But I'll say this, these young guys have worked hard. It's like they're working harder than some of these guys that are supposed to be their veterans and their leaders. And they're not delivering, and yet these kids are coming into the lineup and, and giving them, you know, a little bit more of a work ethic and trying to show John Hines and the coaching staff what they're capable of. So I was impressed they didn't roll over against Tampa the other night. So maybe the, uh, you see that carry over to this game. You know, guys, we need to keep in mind too with teams like say Nashville, even contending teams too, but more so these teams that are that are falling out of it. You know, probably you know most likely aren't going to make the playoffs right now. You bring up a great point there. These young kids are coming in now. A lot of these veterans might be getting shipped out before the trade deadline. They know their names are on the block now. These young kids are coming in, and, and they're pushing for jobs. They're they're not just coming up looking at it as like a call up because somebody's hurt. They're saying, you know, this is my chance to to make an imprint here and make them think about me going forward in the future. Uh, whereas you know we're seeing some of these veterans right now. Maybe that pushes them as well. So. Don't count these teams out right now. These teams are going to be harder to play against, I think, than you'd maybe think because you've got those jobs up for grabs. Yeah, and it's uh, the defense is young. The forwards are young, and it's these young forwards. It's not your stiffs, like I was saying to Alex before, like uh, <laughs> you know Arvidsson and Johansson. It's not those guys doing it for Nashville. It's these young kids, y y Yakov Trenin, Eli Tolvanen, Matthew Olivier, you know, scoring goals for them the other night, just getting a shot now in the lineup and legitimately giving Nashville a shot in the arm, you know, in terms of a little life finally uh, from this team in a couple of games, including Saturday night where they didn't fold the tent after falling behind 4-1. So keep an eye on that. We'll see if this uh, very young Nashville lineup at least brings that kind of work ethic to the table, not only 
this afternoon, but moving forward in the short term. Uh, the rest of the games are at night. Next game, Boston-Pittsburgh, even money both sides, five and a half the total. There's a lot of layers to dissect here with Boston because we know typically we'd like to back this team off a really wretched game. And, man, that was a wretched game. The, the word that comes to mind Saturday afternoon against the New York Rangers is listless. Absolutely, 100% start to finish, pillar to post, listless, lifeless, lethargic, stuck in mud, skating. That's exactly what it looked like with the Boston Bruins Saturday afternoon. They just had nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's not just a, a lot, playing poorly. It's that there was nothing to give from a – physical standpoint i think obviously they were a fatigued hockey team and i'll parallel their performance saturday against the rangers kind of with what we saw from the toronto maple leafs last night that looked like a tired fatigued hockey team that's the schedules caught up to them and guys you're seeing this throughout the league now these are condensed yeah. schedules these are a shit ton of hockey games being played in a very short period of time and we're going to see these teams in games and one-off situations just – they have nothing to give. They're just worn down. They're beaten down. They're exhausted. They're doing all this testing. You know, they're traveling here and there. They're playing every other day, it seems, with very little rest or very little let-up in the schedule. And you're going to be opening yourself up to, to games like we saw from the Leafs last night and from Boston on Saturday where you just got nothing. You want to. You, you want to. The will is there. But the body and the mind aren't going with the will because you just have nothing in the tank physically or mentally. Uh, and I think we saw that from Boston. I'd, I, I want to come back to them here, especially with Halak and Nett. And I don't mind that Halak's in Nett. And Jimmy Murphy tweeted it uh, earlier today. Tuka Rask not traveling. He's probably not going to be in. He won't be in there no, for years. They, they did say now he is on the trip. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he right. skated. At, uh, Cassidy told us after I had tweeted that. So tweeted later that he is on the trip. He skated today. They don't know about tomorrow, but I mean, Halak is a guy today and then they might have to go to uh, Vladar or Swayman tomorrow if Raz can't go. Yeah, definitely. We might be seeing uh, absolutely the, the uh, one of the other younger goalies for uh, a boss, probably Vladar first uh, would get the first crack, but uh, not for sure yet. We know it'll be Halak tonight and Halak was just as frustrated about the uh, team as you saw him just he, slam. He's the not the problem. The, uh, yeah, and he was kind of fed up. Now, look, the team was just flat, nothing. They just had nothing the other day. But that, uh, I, th I thought that was good for him to do that. You know, it's a wake-up call that, hey, we got to be better than this, than what yeah. we have. So the way we played against the Rangers, let's be honest, what is it, three of their last four, four of their last five now, the Bruins, they've lost. So uh, it's a time for them to finally uh, flip the switch. We'll see if they can. You know, in theory, the spot – you'd think, yeah, it supports Boston a little off just a terrible game. And I like what Bruce Cassidy said. If you, if you don't bring your A game, you better damn well bring your B game. But we were way down the alphabet. That What, what a great quote that was uh, after the game on Saturday. Basically saying, yeah, the letter F, that's probably the letter that should be assigned. If we were given the Bruins a report card for Saturday, they're getting the damn F for that performance. So you'd think a prideful, experienced team, you know, with a Bergeron and Pasternak and Marshawn leading the way, uh, in the dressing room, comes out storming tonight. But, man, they're not in good form. And Pittsburgh is in terrific form. I mean, this team's mm -hmm. playing excellent hockey right now, and the Bruins better plan on playing a good game tonight because if they don't, they won't be winning. Pittsburgh's playing yeah. well. The goaltending's been better. The defensive hockey has been better, and you can really tie that together with the return of Brian Dumoulin. To be honest with you, they got that guy back, and they've stabilized things big time uh, in their own zone. 
the Crosby line is really doing damage offensively for them. The power plays picked up. Uh, normally I need jerk to Boston and I do lean to Boston a little here, but boy, Pittsburgh's playing well. And I'm not sure I'm all that gung ho to fade the penguins right now. They're playing some really good hockey at this point in time. Uh, Alex, anything for you in opinion wise here with the uh, Bruins and penguins? Uh, you know, like I said, you know, the Bruins have been struggling and, you know, shooting themselves in the foot left and right as of late, but, uh, this Pittsburgh team, for the record that they have, you got to look at, you know, they played two games against Buffalo. That game on Saturday is actually pretty awful. Uh, you know, no, there was no goal scored <laughs> until late in the second. He had two, <laughs> two empty net goals uh, in the third, and, and I'm, I'm here holding an over ticket. Uh, it was pretty much dead after the first period. But, uh, you know, to kind of let, you know, Buffalo hang around as long as they did, maybe, you know, we're seeing a little bit of fatigue uh, from this Pittsburgh club. And I come home after that road trip. Uh, play a Boston team that should be a little more amped up early. I think we see this one go, you know, become a back and forth kind of game. So I like the regulation draw here at plus 300. That might be something to look at. I expect, you know, tight game. Uh, I would, that would not surprise me one bit. So plus 300 on the draw with uh, Boston and Pittsburgh. And that Pittsburgh-Buffalo game Saturday frustrated me because I'm on the team total and the full game over. I know neither one has a shot by the time the third period starts, but I was thinking about betting the Penguins puck line and I didn't. And that's the one bet that cashed, you know, in that game was Pittsburgh puck line because they won three, nothing, but I went with team total and full game over. So it makes me think now, if I like a big favorite, bet the team total over and bet the puck line. So that if it's like a two, nothing or a three to one or three, nothing kind of win, yeah. at least you get one of the two uh, instead of losing uh, with the, uh, if, if you only bet the one uh, over the other, uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, what's this team going to bring tonight? Well, you know, I want to get back to what you were saying, Ian, just about the rut that they've hit and the one you drew a parallel there to Toronto and just that we need to expect this right now in this season. We're seeing it so many times with so many teams. I mean, even Tampa Bay uh, will have ruts like this. So, you know, we got to be careful when we're looking at that. And you see, this is why I think this game's so hard to figure out, right? You've got one team coming in on fire, five-game win streak. you got another team kind of marring a rut, and you're like, man, something's missing with this team. How could they lay that stinker there? But then you can't overreact. Uh, you can't just look at that and say, oh, well, the Bruins are in the dot. They need to make a blow-up trade here. I can't do that this year. And, and it's, I'm finding it hard as a reporter, I'll tell you, to criticize players because I do think they're going through a lot of mental issues right now. I think that mental toughness is the biggest thing, and that's what we're seeing out there. So I just put that there for, for our listeners and viewers there to, to keep that in mind when you're judging a streak one way or the other. Because it's swinging a lot right now. And that's why I think Alex's bet is a great bet. I, I think the Bruins come out, like you said, Ian, you, knee-jerk reaction would be they bounce back. They have bounced back a lot like that this year. So I see them doing that. I just don't know if they'll have enough in the tank to complete it. But I'm going to go with Alex here on the draw here. I think they at least get a point out of this game. All right, like in Penguins, Bruins draw plus 300 as well, Jimmy, in this one. Uh, looks like there's good news on the uh, – uh, yes, there is on the um, – uh, here we go. Yes, Jake DeBrusque front. He's in tonight. Uh, back on that yep. second line with David Krejci and Craig Smith. Uh, so good news there. And uh, and I'm going back to that well. Remember I Saturday we were doing the show uh, and we were thinking, you know, I said Jake DeBrusque gets scratched. He scores in his first game back. Give me that Jake DeBrusque goal scoring prop Saturday against the Rangers. And sure enough, he didn't play. And I'm like, well, there yeah. goes that. Tonight I'm at? coming back. Yeah. Uh, what was, was plus Jake two, uh, at that day? Oh, yeah? Plus 280. Yeah, I would have yeah. done that. I, I think he's going to bounce I'm, back right now. He seems ticked off, which I like. Yeah. And I haven't seen – he's always that happy-go-lucky guy, which is great and all, but maybe he needed a little edge in his game right now. 
Yeah, so I'm coming back to that tonight. So I was going to bet it Saturday. It was a late scratch. He is in the lineup tonight for Boston and Bruce Cassidy's team. Uh, and I'm coming back to it tonight. Jake DeBrus to score a goal tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. Again, scored in his first game after that scratch. And he and he, he was he didn't mince words. It says, this stinks, you know, being a healthy scratch. Don't like it. And who would? If, if you're a prideful player, you're competitive, you, you take yeah. pride in your, what you're doing, uh, you're never happy uh, being a healthy scratch. And took it to heart. And, of course, the first game back, uh, he scores a goal, so I'll take a chance that he'll get on the scoreboard tonight. Uh, Vancouver and Ottawa. We've got Vancouver minus 170 road favorites, six and a half. The total shaded to the under. Really, really tricky game because Vancouver's finding ways to win. They've perked up. They've played well. They're riding the wave that is Thatcher Demko really ever since he's gotten the net for the majority of the starts lately. That's when things have started to go upward uh, in the trajectory of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I like the way the team is playing defensively a lot better now, too, than early in the season. Keep in mind, people were just just absolutely panicking in Vancouver about how this team was so porous in terms of goal prevention and allowing goals in bunches. But you also have to factor in early in the season, you know, Jordy Ben was banged up. Alex Edler missed a few games and they didn't have Travis Hamanick. And man, has he been a nice add to this blue line for Vancouver? He's just that stay at home defenseman. I remember us talking last season about the Calgary Flames and how that team on the blue line just all of a sudden was allowing more goals once Hamannick was out. And look at his presence now on the Vancouver blue line, and you're seeing them be better, more responsible, more structured defensively with him in the lineup. It's been a huge difference maker, in my opinion, for Vancouver. I know Thatcher Demko and his brilliant goaltending as of late is going to get the headlines, but I think the, um, Travis Hamannick, uh, deserves a lot of credit as well. And they've been able to do it with still some key cogs forward-wise, you know, out of the lineup. You know, they've had uh, Elias Pedersen out for a few games. Tyler Mott, a key depth forward, has been out. And yet they've still plugged uh, forward uh, and found ways to compete still and win games. So Vancouver's on a nice run. But I'm not really in a rush to lay minus 170 here as they start this road trip. And Ottawa, say what you will about how they got lit up by Edmonton, but they have played really well lately on home ice. And, of course, that continued uh, last night uh, in a 4-3 to three victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Jimmy's boy, he likes him. He's talked about him. Joey Decord uh, getting his first NHL win uh, yeah. last night. For the, what an uh, interview Ottawa. after, right? Amazing interview with uh, yeah, the Hockey yeah. Night in Canada right after the game. Sportsnet, um, outstanding. And he's not only is he talking about himself, he's talking about how his teammates are making these great plays and scoring these beautiful goals. And he's just making it a team thing. A and you kid. can see the smile on his yeah. face, grinning from ear to ear. Just pure joy, ecstasy for his first National Hockey League win. This point for Ottawa, I keep riding the kid. I mean, Matt Murray ain't doing what he's doing right now, believe it or not. And he's, now he's uh, in battling yeah, 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 exactly. Now he's so, he seems like he's got some kind of nagging injury. So, yeah, why not? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So where Ottawa goes with their goaltending will be interesting because this is a back-to-back. -back. You know, in theory, you would think with Murray getting the late, you know, injury and warm-up last night, is he going to be ready to go tonight? There is uh, no confirmation yet on the Ottawa side uh, who's going to be in that. But you might see Joey Decord again tonight because there's no guarantee Matt Murray is going to be good to go. I'm not involved in this game either way, side or total. It's a pass for me. But uh, like I say, I, I like Vancouver. I just don't want to lay this price. And Ottawa's been kind of a different team in terms of their compete level, in terms of the results they've gotten uh, on home ice this year. Drake Batherson continues to be excellent for them. Uh, it seems like every time I bet him to score a goal, he doesn't. But most games other than those ones, he is scoring. So 
Uh, but he's been excellent lately for the Senators offensively. Alex, uh, what's your thoughts here, Canucks and Senators? Yeah, I like this first period over. It's at 2 plus 120 plus 125. Uh, Ottawa's been the best team in the league as far as first period over. It's going to cash six straight. And they cashed uh, the over in the first with the last five meetings between these two teams. Like you said, uh, they're playing a, a different style of hockey right now. And, you know, I know that Vancouver, I know Dasher Demko's really been kind of carrying things along. But I think uh, this Ottawa team has enough offense where they'll be able to get one past him early. But I think we see, uh, you know, quite a bit of scoring this game. So I like the first period over and I lean with the full game over as well. All right. Uh, first period over official for Alex B. Smith over two with Vancouver, Ottawa, and a lean to the full game over. Uh, Jimmy, Canucks Senators, what do you think here? Yeah, guys, this is a tough one. I mean, I, I you know, I could see Ottawa coming in here and pulling the upset there. And like you said, congratulations to Joey Decord there. And he's playing great, so why not ride him? Uh, I'm I'm going to go with, uh, with the Senators, though. I, I, I do got a feeling they can come out and take one here. I'm going to go the other way, though, as well. I'm going to take on the total, the under, actually, guys, because I think uh, – Joey DeCord will get in a little zone again and, and keep a lot of pucks out of that net. Yeah, I mean, he gave up an atrocious goal against Edmonton at the very first few seconds of that game. But really, other than that, he's been pretty good, actually, believe it or not, in net for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And, hey, you know, he's still young. You may have that odd, you know, goal that maybe should be stopped. Uh, but other than that, he's been pretty solid. So, Jimmy, like in Ottawa at the underdog price and under six and a half, uh, minus 120. Philadelphia taking on the New York Rangers, the Flyers, minus 120 to minus 125. Uh, road favorites here, the total six shaded to the over. I don't know what to make of the Rangers because none of their wins, I don't know if I would call them impressive, to be honest. Even the Boston win uh, on Saturday, because I think a lot of that was not just Rangers good. It was Bruins having absolutely nothing to give uh, in that game. Uh, but other than that, the wins for the Rangers recently have been the likes of games against Buffalo, games against New Jersey. You know, they've got swept by Pittsburgh. Don't forget that uh, before they played Boston. I, I don't know what to make of the Rangers. I don't know if that's a true turning point. Now, they did get Artemi Panarin, the bread man, back on Saturday. And sure enough, first game back, they win. I figured they'd bring a pretty good performance with him back. They did. Uh, does it carry over here? That remains to be seen. So I have some trepidation about back in the Rangers, but I have some trepidation back in the Flyers. The way they uh, did not respond the way I thought they would uh, against the Washington Capitals, really circling that game the Flyers were about a bounce back, and they didn't. I'll be honest, I thought territorially they didn't play terrible. They played even at times with the Capitals. In fact, they carried and dominated the third period, but by then they were down by too big of a margin, but their penalty kill let them down. And look, I, we kind of hinted at it Saturday, Alex and I, about that Hart, Hart and Elliott combined have not been great lately. And it continued on Saturday. Goaltending's got to be better for Philly. Simple, period. It's got to be better. Uh, and lately it hasn't been uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, in this game, I lean Philly. Philly's done well head-to-head against the New York Rangers. Very well. Uh, but boy, I'm a little bit gun shy and a little that once bitten twice shy theory in play here. Like how many times can I go back to the well here with the, uh, Philadelphia Flyers with what I've seen from them, uh, lately, I do think the overs in play, I see in the, our chat, the overs, a popular opinion. Yes, I do like that. The one thing that I have gotten right is betting over the total lately with the Philadelphia Flyers. I was on the over in all the Washington games head to head. Uh, I know the Rangers have been an undertrender. But now Keith Kincaid's in net multiple games in a row. At some point, you know, the uh, 
He's going to get exposed a little bit. He was great against Boston, but they protected him well. Boston only had less than 20 shots on goal in that game. He's probably going to face more than that tonight. Total is six. That would be the bet I like more than the side here would be over six with the Flyers and the Rangers. And I think the Rangers are going to be a better offensive team uh, with Artemi Panarin back now on this group. How can they not be? Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Philly, New York Rangers. Yeah, the only thing pregame that I would lean toward would be the first period over, but even that's a bit high of a price. Now you'd be laying a dollar forty, dollar forty-five, uh, the over one and a half goals. But I do think we see both teams kind of go back and forth. Like I said, I don't, I can't trust either one of these sides right now. Like I said, I got burned with that uh, Flyers loss, uh, you know, on Saturday. Even though they did have a, a valiant comeback late in the third, they made it a one-goal game to lose five to four. Uh, but like I said, this is a Ranger team. I still don't know. If they can string together, you know, solid wins back to back just yet. Uh, like I said, with Keith Kincaid and that maybe he, he regresses back to his his normal style and ends up giving up a bunch of goals. So I'll lean with the first period over, but I definitely will be looking to play something in game, uh, kind of see how this thing starts out first. All right, pass for Alex just to lean to the first period over and he'll wait to in game uh, to bet Flyers and Rangers. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here with Philly, New York? Well, I think that, you know what, New York can't think they're going to, run into two uh, two eggs getting laid by the opponent here, two straight there. They're not going to face a team that's going to be as flat as the New York Rain. I mean, the Boston Bruins, two games in a row. So I like Philly in this game. I think New York comes back to earth. Good point with Kincaid there. So I'll actually take the over as well. So two plays there, Philly on the money line and uh, the over as well. All right, Jimmy, going with Philly money line, minus 120, over six, minus 120. I definitely lean to the flyer side as well uh, in this game. Uh, I might add it later, but we'll see. Right now, just to lean. Next up, we've got Chicago and Florida. Uh, Florida Panthers, minus 170, minus 175. Home favorites, total six, shaded to the over. Good news for Chicago. They got the first goal uh, on Saturday night against Florida. The bad news, uh, nothing after that. Uh, well, they did get a late goal, thankfully. They at least salvage a push with the total uh, to make it 4-2 at the end of that game against Florida. But uh, look, this Panthers team is just a, a freight train right now. Unbelievable. Uh, the Panthers just keep on keeping on. I'm waiting for their clunker. Where's their Boston Bruin lay an egg? Uh, we're waiting on it still for Florida. Maybe you could have said the Columbus game, the second Columbus game. They kind of a little flat for most of that game. But, boy, they suddenly got an early third-period goal, and that's when that furious comeback started uh, to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. But this team just hasn't had many off nights at all. And Joel Quenville, Coach Q, you got to give him a ton of credit, too. I mean, this team's just been outstanding. Uh, Barkov and Huberto uh, have been leading the way. There's no question about that. I think some of these other depth forwards deserve their moment in the sun, in the spotlight uh, to be mentioned as well. Uh, Frank Vetrano, Owen Tippett. How about this guy? He seems to be scoring on that third line now, multiple games in a row. You talk about goal scoring props with value. Vetrano, Owen Tippett, this uh, Finn that they've got now, A2 Lusterinen. You know, look out for him on that third line. That third line is dangerous right now for Florida with those three guys playing on it. Uh, Patrick Hornquist been his ornery self, you know, making uh, scoring goals right in the in his office there, right in the goal crease. Uh, but there's a lot to like with Florida. The blue line, Ekblad's having a, you know, he's putting himself pretty soon on the uh, short list for the Norris Trophy at this rate. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, he's been outstanding uh, for the Panthers. Uh, Keith uh, Yandel has, I think, played some of his best hockey in a very long time. Strawman's been a tower of power uh, back there. You know, even Radko Gudas, who's not a great skater, you know, he hasn't been, uh, you know, making the same kind of mistakes as much. And the goaltending from goalie Bob and Chris Drieger, that combination 
continues to get the job done as well. Verhage, another one, you know, they got him from Tampa just because Tampa's got so many great forwards. They can't keep everyone because of the salary cap. They get Verhage from Tampa. He's been awesome for this Panthers team. There's, there's just so much to like right now with this team. It's going to be difficult. And we kind of mentioned it as much as it pains me to say this every time we talk Chicago and for Alex to hear this, you know, what's the record for Chicago this year, head to head against Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay. You know, those three teams, the best three teams in the central, I think it's like two and 11 or so. It's not good. I, I know that. And until I see evidence, Chicago steps up against these teams. It's hard to back them here. I think they'll probably bring a better game. I just don't know if it's going to be enough here, this Blackhawks team. But I'm going to come back to the well with what I bet Saturday with these two teams, and that's over the total uh, one more time. Uh, I think Chicago will be a little bit more put the foot down on the gas pedal offensively. And at the same time, we've seen their defense and their goaltending trending in that direction consistently now for the better part of the last couple of weeks. So I think we see goals both ways over the total for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Chicago, Florida. I like the over, but I'm going to approach it a little bit differently. I'm going to go with the first period under, which you can get uh, plus a dollar twenty. Uh, these two teams ha- have been trending toward the first period under all year, despite the fact of having a lot of full games to go over. So I'm playing the first period under, and then after the first period, I'll be looking to play the live over. Uh, should that you know first period under cash in at a goal or less? So that's going to be the way I, I approach this. I do like this over. Overall, if you had to play just anything, you know, a straight side, it would be an over because of the fact that Florida's offense has been absolutely rolling. And we're seeing that regression everyone was waiting for with the Hawks now on defense. It's not the goaltending. Uh, you know, Lankland's still been playing, you know, solid, but, you know, he's a rookie. And the fact that he's now getting rely on more and more minutes, we could see him fatigue a bit. That's going to be really bad, especially with how this blue line has been allowing a lot of high danger chances and a lot of scoring chances overall, a lot of shots on goal. So, uh, I like the over here for sure. But like I said, I'm going to try to adjust for a better price along with playing the first period under. All right. Like in the first period under and then a live over after that uh, in the Panthers and Blackhawks for Alex B. Smith. And yeah, I remember saying it a couple weeks ago, guys, about Chicago that a few weeks ago before these defensive struggles really started up for them, they were still like in terms of eight, seventh or eighth most high danger scoring chances allowed. And yet, Everybody was talking about how their defense had improved, and it's because the goaltending was phenomenal, and maybe the shooting percentages and the ability to finish those chances for the opponent weren't quite there the way they are now. And now you're seeing that now they're starting to look like a team that's top 10 in most high-danger chances allowed this season the last two weeks because now the goals that you should be allowing when you're giving up that many high-danger chances, they're starting to happen for this Chicago defense, which, again, has faltered. Uh, in recent weeks. Jimmy, what do you think here, Chicago and Florida? I'm liking the over two guys. Um, I, I just see a lot of goals in this too. And it, it's literally, literally as we're uh, talking about this game right now, I'm getting a text from a couple people here saying Florida is up to something big right now with a trade. I don't know if it's imminent or not, but they said they're trying to do something big. So keep that in mind going forward. It's they're a team. I think they, they want to make a run. So they're going to be a team to watch here down the stretch for sure. Uh, but yeah, I like the over here. I see a lot of goals coming and you know, I, I would lean towards Florida on the side, but you never know with Chicago. So I'll just stay with the total. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way too. I mean, I'm not, I have no interest, but why would you, I mean, Florida's just rolling win after win after win. Yeah. Uh, Chicago struggled to beat the good teams, but we did see Chicago. They had a bad game against Dallas and then they were much better the next time out and they beat Dallas. So they're kind of in that same situation here. Albeit a much better team, like Florida is much better than Dallas. No, there's no comparison right now, but uh, still that same situation where Chicago really played much better 
the second game against the same team after they lost the first game. So maybe we see that from Chicago tonight, but will it be enough against the way with the way Florida is going that that still remains to be seen. It's uh, not an easy team uh, to beat right now with the way the Panthers just clicking at all, all ends of the ice right now. Uh, the Washington Capitals and Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we've got Washington minus 220 uh, road favorites, total six, five and a half. It actually opened six. It's shaded to the under, and there's even a five and a half now starting to show up. So again, kind of like the other game. And I was, look, I'll, I'll, I'll admit here that uh, I said, what the hell are these people doing betting Pittsburgh Buffalo under down from six to five and a half? And sure enough, that game turned out to be pretty dull. And it ended three nothing for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, they're doing the same thing here with Buffalo. And Buffalo is trying, I think, a little bit to say, you know what, we can't wheel and deal and run and gun. We can't. I mean, we've got to try to slow the pace of the game down significantly with Jack Eichel out, you know, with our defensive warts showing up big time. Like this is a Sabres team that's been giving up three, four, five goals regular, regularly uh, the last few weeks. Carter Hutton and Jonas Johansson are not goalies we trust for Buffalo. So I think they're trying to play a little tighter to the vest. Uh, and that's why I think we saw that game stay under the other night. But good luck trying to do that against Washington. Washington's just filling it up offensively right now uh, Ovechkin and company are lighting up opposing teams they're scoring four goals plus regularly I don't think Buffalo's containing them I don't care what they say about trying to slow it down you can't it's hard to slow down a team that's scoring goals at the clip the Washington Capitals are right now with that patchwork defense and that you know very shaky goaltending combination I don't see it I do think Buffalo can score though too one thing we're seeing about Washington we saw it against Philly on Saturday they're giving up goals too, and no lead is safe with the Capitals. You know, they have had a couple games this week where they were up big on New Jersey. They blow the lead. They have to win in overtime. They almost blow the lead to Philly the other night. They were up four to one in that game, and Philly's got a chance to make it, you know, tie game in the final minutes. They got a couple goals. They made it the nervous for Washington down the stretch. So, you know, that's what has me a little bit leery of Washington puck line. So I went a little safer. I mean, Washington puck line is a good, decent price, plus 110. I'm going to play it a little bit safer because to me, it's still fade Buffalo all the way. That's not stopping for me. But I'm going to go with Washington in regulation, which is minus 145, minus 150. A little bit more reasonable just in case it's that one goal game. Washington in regulation for me. And the over, I'm starting to, I see a five and a half at bet online and some other places. I'm going to get be on a it. taker on a half over the total. Uh, at five and a half, I'm not passing that up. Sorry, even though it was three nothing with the Buffalo Sabres the other night, Washington's just running and gunning and lighting it up right now. And I don't trust the Sabres to stop them all that much. So, Washington in regulation over five and a half, which I see at Bet Online minus 125. Those are the two plays I'm on with the uh, Sabres hosting the Capitals. Alex, what do you think here? Washington, Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to play it even safer and just go with the, the team total over three and a half for Washington. Uh, minus a dollar fifteen. I, like I said, I I know the adjustments are being made now with these totals, uh, but I think that's more of a reflection of Buffalo not being able to score uh, as opposed to them trying to clamp down more defensively. Uh, and we saw that you know with them getting shut out uh, by Pittsburgh in that slow game on Saturday. Uh, like I said, this is a Washington team that's been scoring in bunches. Uh, I don't think they should have a tough time getting the four here against this Buffalo Sabres team that you know like I said we still continue to fade in some sort of way. So uh, giving the Caps team total over. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. 
Washington team total over three and a half uh, minus 110. At, uh, asking them to get four goals tonight, I think they're very capable. Pittsburgh was asleep some of that game, and they still got three goals uh, on Buffalo. So what if Washington has a lot, got a lot more uh, fervor uh, in their game tonight than, say, the Pittsburgh did uh, Saturday night? Vitek Vanacek, by the way, is in net tonight for Washington. And uh, I, I don't know if this is the great spot for him to play well because of you, know, you are playing Buffalo. I get it. But, you know, he hasn't played in a, in a few – several days now and because Ilya Samsonov's been back the last few uh, games. So now this is a, the first time where Vanacek's gone for a little bit of a hiatus and a respite from playing night after night, which he had to do with Samsonov out. So this could be an out of rhythm, maybe less than stellar night for Van Vanacek and net for Washington, but uh, that remains to be seen. What do you think, Jimmy Washington Buffalo? Uh, I'm loving you over here. Like you Ian, and you know, you made a great point there about the, the capitals, having these uh, sort of lulls where they just allow teams to get back into it and, and, and you know, score in bunches. And, I mean, I think back, uh, obviously I'm covering them a lot because they're in the East Division this year. And I think back to those first two games against the Bruins. I mean, remember the Bruins were down big in the third period. They forced an overtime. They lost 4-3 in the first game. And then the second game, they're down 3 nothing, and they scored five unanswered goals. So we've seen that a lot. Even in the game that the Bruins blew them out in that uh, response game to the Tom Wilson hit, uh, you know, they just scored five straight goals. So the, the, the Capitals have this tendency, which is surprising. But, you know, maybe like you said, they're playing that run-and-gun approach now under Lavalette, and it's a lot different than what we've seen from the Caps in the past few years. All right, there we go. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. This is a different little bit of a style than what we saw from uh, Tom Reard, uh, Todd Reardon, for sure, last year with Washington. And uh, the Capitals, like I say, offensively, they've got it going right now. Jacob Vrana, this guy doesn't get talked about as much as Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Oshie and Backstrom. He should be. Jacob Vrana is a sniper, pure on goal scorer for this yeah. Washington team. He keeps on getting it done uh, for them uh, offensively. Uh, no question about that. So, uh, definitely like it over the total here, uh, Jimmy, as well uh, in this game, Capitals and Sabres. All right, the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets here. North Division battle. Montreal minus 115, uh, slight road favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the over here in this game. Very, very interesting game to handicap because Winnipeg's rolling right now. I love the the, the way we're seeing this Winnipeg Jets play. They've taken three out of four uh, against Montreal this year. I don't know if I love the spot for the Jets, though. They're off two big wins against Toronto. They've closed the gap on the Leafs. Uh, that was probably the best of the three games they played against Toronto was the game on Saturday. Uh, they were much better defensively. They held the Leaf offense in check. And I know Alex recommended Winnipeg. I did uh, as well on Saturday as the big plus price against Toronto. And we said, do we mind Laurent Brossois being in net for the Jets? Not one bit. Uh, because we're seeing some of the best hockey of his career right now. He played very well against the Leafs the other night in that 5-2 win uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. But now they have a huge series with Toronto just concluded. They're back home against Montreal. I worry a little bit about this kind of spot for Winnipeg because they lost a game like in this kind of spot off a big, big series against a rival, and they played Vancouver at home, and they, they struggled. Uh, in that first game. So I worry about that. And you got Montreal probably chomping at the bit, guys, because they've now lost back-to-back uh, -back games to the uh, Calgary Flames uh, in the last uh, couple. And three of their last four they've lost as well. So they've kind of ba uh, fallen back a little bit. Uh, they just ran into C Calgary Flames, you know, looking like a completely different hockey team under Daryl Sutter, you know, in the first two games since he's been behind the bench 
uh, and they just ran into that Calgary uh, uh, juggernaut right now uh, with the way they've played in two games under the new coach. I think it's a good spot for Montreal. I think I'll have a small play on Montreal minus 115. I really like Winnipeg's form, but I just don't like this spot at all. Not one bit for them. And the other thing that's going to keep it small on Montreal is the last time Winnipeg played Montreal, it was that ugly loss uh, in Montreal. What was it? Seven to one uh, against the Canadians. So, you know, Winnipeg, that might be enough to keep Winnipeg interested and not have them fall into this maybe potential flat spot or letdown, whatever you want to call it, after the big three-game series against Toronto. So it's tough, this one. But uh, to me, I would lean a little to Montreal. Small bet for me there. Uh, I would also look over this total of five and a half here. Jets are lighting it up offensively. Montreal, I think, can get their offense going. They just got checked into the ice by Calgary in those two games, taking on that defensive-minded approach that Daryl Sutter demands from his hockey team. Now they're going to be in a little bit more of a pace driven up and down affair. I think this is where Montreal can get some of that offense going that they didn't have against Calgary. So I like the over uh, as well as a small bet on Montreal. Alex, what do you think here with Canadians Jets? Yeah, this is a pass for me because like you said, the, these, these spots kind of clash with one another. I like where Winnipeg's playing as well. Uh, they're in good form, but like I said, this could be a, a you know, it's a big revenge spot for Montreal off, off of that seven, one loss. The last time these two teams met, uh, like I said, it's going to be a more free flowing open game than it was against Calgary last couple of games against Calgary. So I can see this being a back and forth. We might lean with the draw. Potentially wouldn't be shocked to see overtime in this. Uh, we saw OT in the, the game before that 7-1 beatdown uh, with these two teams. So that's something that I would just be a lean on, but nothing on the sides. Yeah, I did a good point in the chat. Yeah, the Ben Sherratt out eight, six to eight weeks is definitely unfortunate. He's a good defenseman. He's a good former Winnipeg Jet. Uh, before he went to Montreal. So uh, to see him out, it's disappointing. Uh, you're going to need more now. You're going to get more minutes for Petrie, more minutes for Joel Edmondson, more minutes for Alexander Romanov, and more minutes, obviously, for Shea Weber, you know, the pillar of this blue line right now for the Montreal Canadiens. So that's what it's going to mean, more ice time for all of those guys. And then you're going to sprinkle in the likes of Brett Kulak and Xavier Ouellette uh, on that third pair uh, for Montreal. Jimmy, what do you think here with Montreal-Winnipeg? Um, you know, I'm going to go full through. Alex is leaning on the draw. I'll go full through and take the draw on this one. I, I love that play with these two teams. I think they're very evenly matched. I think that 7-1 game was kind of an enigma, uh, a one-off when these two teams meet each other. I think this would be a hell of a series if they play in a playoff. So I like the way they're matched up. Uh, give me the draw on this. And yeah, I would lean, if I was taking the total, I would lean towards the over as well. All right, uh, Price and Hellebuck, your goalies. Those are confirmed, by the way, tonight in this game. Jimmy liking the uh, draw at a good plus uh, price in this one. Next up, we've got the Battle of Alberta. Once I'm, This is one time where it's two, these two teams, I could never get sick of it. You know, Jersey yeah. and Islanders, I was getting sick of seeing that over the weekend. I can't say that about Edmonton, Calgary. I will no. always welcome a Battle of Alberta between the Oilers and Flames with open arms. And we've got another one on tap tonight. Uh, we've got Calgary minus 125 home favorites, total six shaded to the over uh, in this one. Uh, what can you say? Two games with Daryl Sutter, two wins for the Calgary Flames, both of them over the Montreal Canadiens. Look, it's just two games, so you don't want to fall victim to small sample size syndrome. But there are two games where this team looks like a completely different hockey team. The team commitment defensively, the back pressure on the back check from forwards helping out the defense. That, we didn't see that from Calgary in the last days of Jeff Ward. We didn't. I mean, we saw very lackadaisical, 
not a great effort away from the puck. We're seeing that now. And look what happened Saturday night in the game against Montreal. Daryl Sutter and Eric Francis, a bunch of guys that cover the Calgary Flames, they, they talked about this. He had a one-on-one -on -one meeting when Daryl Sutter first arrived last week to take over this job with Sean Monahan, saying, look, Sean, you're a good player. You know, we drafted you pretty high. We need a hell of a lot more from you than what you've given us the last couple of years. We got to do more. You got to be better in all three zones and you've got to be willing to go to the front of the net to score some of your goals. You just can't always stand at the face-off dot and expect to rip a one-timer. You know, go to tough areas of the ice, make yourself a presence, get in the goalie's kitchen and, and make something happen. And what do we see from Sean Monahan, who's had a really disappointing season, two goals the other night against the Montreal Canadiens in that victory. It's the power of Daryl Sutter. And he did this in LA. He got the team's attention right away. They responded to him positively. And they just went on a run when he first got in LA and took over the Kings, which I believe John Stevens is who he took over from there uh, with the LA Kings. And they went on a run. And of course, win multiple Stanley Cups. The rest is history. I'm not going to go with the multiple Stanley Cups is going to happen here with Calgary. But definitely short term, we're seeing the Flames get a boost from Daryl Sutter's presence behind the bench. Everybody's snapping to attention. Everybody's helping out defensively, and it's helping out Jacob Markstrom as well, who's not facing as many uh, high-danger chances. This is a clear ride the wave, ride the red wave, the sea of red, as they call it, uh, in Calgary for me until they lose. I'm on Calgary here, minus 120. Uh, that's no disrespect to Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton's kind of owned Calgary at times this year. They beat Calgary the last time these two teams played right before the coaching change was made. Uh, but I think it's Calgary's time. They're playing much better defensively. Uh, I think they can bottle up uh, Edmonton. Edmonton's actually playing solid defensively themselves. And I'm not Mr. Under. Everybody knows that. But give me the under here uh, in this game with the Oilers and the Flames. This is Calgary now. It's going to be win 2-1, to one, win 3-1, to one, be good defensively, and score when you can. That's the Daryl Sutter MO right there. And we've seen it. Two games, two wins, two unders you know, for the Calgary Flames. So I like Calgary minus 120, also under six here uh, between the Oilers uh, and the Flames. Alex, what do you think about this one? Battle of Alberta, Oilers, Flames. Yeah, I'm right there with you on on this under six, getting in at even money. Uh, he said, you know, obviously Calgary's changing their style of play because of Sutter playing more defensive. But like he said, it's the Edmonton team, especially when they have Mike Smith in that. Now, uh, they're more sound defensively with him between the pipes than they are with Koskinen. Uh, and, and I know that the trend is with the series is going over usually, but I think, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Sutter knows from his time before how important this rivalry is. So uh, he's going to want to emphasize more, you know, more physical, you know, hitting uh, more, you know, defensive liability. So, you know, the one thing is that they can keep out of the penalty box, obviously, uh, I think that's because I think we're going to see more disciplined uh, physicality from Calgary. That's, so that's something that makes a difference. So I like the under six here at this price. That's a great point about the discipline or the lack thereof Calgary had before the coaching change. They were taking yeah. stupid penalties, dumb penalties, selfish penalties, offensive zone penalties, which is laziness, which is not working hard enough, which is not getting body position, not winning battles. It's all of that stuff when you're taking offensive zone penalties like the like the Calgary Flames were before Sutter got there. Uh, they've improved in that category big time uh, in the couple of games. They've stayed out of the box. They haven't been on the penalty kill as much. And it's helping them. They play more at five on five, even strength, and they're a better team for it. So uh, that's an excellent point that they have been much better in terms of staying out of the box in just two games with Sutter uh, behind the bench. Uh, Jimmy, what's your take here? Edmonton, Calgary. 
I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying about the Flames right now. And, and Ian, you called it. I mean, you kept you kept reminding us of that spurt that the Kings had when he took over, and you nailed it there. They they've definitely got it under Sutter here, and they you know it's accountability, right? Uh, and this isn't a knock on Jeff Ward. I don't think Jeff Ward was doing anything wrong. I think just sometimes that disappears. Uh, there's a variety of reasons it can happen, but you know, if there's one guy that's going to snap him out of that, it's, it's going to be a Daryl Sutter type coach. So, uh, it's a great point there. I love the under in this, and I'm going to, I'm going to have actually two official plays in this. Give me that under and give me Jimmy Puckline for the Calgary flames. Uh, there it is. Alberta. I think that's the first time on this show we got a puck line from Jimmy. There we go. You knew it had to happen. Yep. Uh, he's pulling it out here for this uh, Calgary-Edmonton uh, game. Uh, Calgary puck line here, which is uh, a pretty good uh, price on that in the, uh, I believe, in the plus 160, plus 150 range. So a pretty good price there with the uh, Calgary Flames uh, on the puck line over the uh, Edmonton Oilers and also liking the uh, under as well. The one issue, the one mild concern I have with the under, even though I'm betting it and I still like it, these games usually with Edmonton are physical, they're rough, and even though Calgary stayed out of the box, it might be tougher in a rivalry like this. And if you get a lot of penalties, yeah. you've got a lot of chances for power plays and ultimately chances for goals. But I'm hoping they rein it in, uh, and if they, they follow the Sutter word that hey, be disciplined, be good defensively, and if they and if they are, you know, I think they can uh, keep this game under the total. And Edmonton did kind of struggle a little bit offensively against Vancouver uh, the other night, so. Yeah. Uh, I think it still could be a lower scoring game, but uh, looking forward to seeing this one. I'm going to throw in a prop on this one too, because a guy that I thought, even when they were playing horrible, uh, you know, heading in towards firing there was Milan Lucic, right? And he's getting even better. I think he's finding his game again. He, he really looks rejuvenated out there. And now with a guy like Sutter coaching him, I mean, they fit each other perfectly. Uh, Give me Lucic on a goal prop tonight for the hell of it. I'm looking at it at plus five fifty right now. If you want to take it and have some fun, he's the he's the kind of guy that you could see scoring goals in a Daryl Sutter regime. You know, it, it really yeah. is that you know that big physical bruising forward, uh, and just you know do the things that Sutter wants you to do. And Lucic will do that. Lucic ain't ever going to be a. I, I would doubt he's ever going to be a healthy scratch with Daryl Sutter because he's a Daryl no. Sutter kind of player. You know, go to the net, that's physical. Fight. That's fight the other night, too, man. Oh, what a fight with Anderson, eh? That was, absolutely. Uh, it was an excellent. Josh Anderson and uh, Milan Lucic was a hell of a fight. You could tell. And the funny thing is that they would lose the grip on each other, and they're still flailing away, and then they just rush yeah. to, like, grab on and keep it going. That was a great fight. Uh, it's actually yeah. one of the better Tillies of the year, uh, for sure, uh, in the uh, NHL. But, uh, yeah, that's what – Milan Lucic, that's that's where his strength is, and that's what he can still bring you to the team, a fight to maybe uh, keep the momentum of the game on your side. Uh, net, final game, here we are, San Jose-Vegas. We've arrived at the end of the card. Vegas minus 220, uh, home favorites, total six shaded to the over uh, in this one. Uh, it's a first game home off a road trip for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, so always a little bit of a tricky spot. San Jose's perked up, though. I'll give them you know, a little due, a little credit, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Now, granted, two games that they beat Anaheim. I don't know if that's saying a whole lot. But they beat St. Louis before that, a better team. Uh, so three wins in a row for San Jose. Uh, you could argue St. Louis has been up and down and injury riddled, and you can argue Anaheim's not any good. But for for as much as I've ripped on San Jose this year, when they finally put a little run like this together, three wins in a row, I'm going to say salute and tip the cap and say job well done. Uh, and we've seen that here from uh, the San Jose Sharks. Can they keep it going here against Vegas? I think from a spot perspective, 
San Jose could be dangerous here for this Vegas team because Vegas is coming home off the road trip. They played the back-to-back against the St. Louis Blues Friday and Saturday, and now they're playing Monday, third game uh, in four days, coming back home, uh, changing time zones, the whole bit. Very, very tricky spot for Vegas. I could see them being sluggish, and I could see it showing up defensively. San Jose's scoring. These two teams have kind of trended uh, over in a few of their games this year. I'm not involved from a side perspective, but uh, the over definitely, I think, makes sense here, and that's what I'm looking toward. And again, San Jose's got offensive capabilities with Kane and LeBanc and Couture, Dylan Gambrell stepping up offensively. Uh, that team can score. It's always been defensively has been the concern. I got to believe, though, they're going to struggle a, a little bit more defensively tonight. I know they finally played some good defensive hockey against Anaheim to, in the two wins, and even before that against St. Louis, but Look, Vegas is a much more capable offensive team than uh, Anaheim for sure. And and even St. Louis, I think Vegas is a little bit better offensively too. So I think the Sharks are still going to give up some goals tonight, uh, even with the spot being a little dubious for the Golden Knights here at home. So I like the over here, Uh, Vegas, San San Jose, Vegas, over six at minus 120. Alex, what are your thoughts here? Sharks and Golden Knights. You know, I'm going to take a shot here with San Jose on the money line in the first period. You can get that as high as plus 175. I'm seeing 170s mostly across the board. Uh, like you said, you know, there's a Sharks team or a, a, a Knights team coming home off of a road trip. That's always kind of a, a bit of a tough spot. And also third game in four nights. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Sharks defense can keep them in the game the whole way through, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them maybe even score first. Uh, and, and escape with that with a 1-0 or a 2-1 lead. So I like uh, this first period money line with San Jose tonight. All right, San Jose money line first period. The price on that, by the way, plus 160, plus 165. So that is a juicy plus price for the Sharks first period. Maybe a jump on the Golden Knights returning home off the uh, roadie uh, over the weekend. Uh, actually, over the week, they played in Minnesota, St. Louis uh, last week. And now returning home. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? San Jose, Vegas. You know, guys, I'm going with uh, another gut feeler. Give me the San Jose Sharks to pull off the upset tonight. All right, there we go. And he's going full game uh, with that. So that, that's plus 185, plus 190. Uh, that's the range that you can get right now uh, with the uh, San Jose Sharks. And Marc-Andre Fleury, you're right. He's played a lot of games now. Do you worry about him, you know, wearing down a little bit? Yeah, there's signs of that. He's not been that brick wall. He's not been that, you know, that steel fortress, that steel door, whatever term you want to use. Hasn't been that as of late in his recent starts, Marc-Andre Fleury's played a lot of hockey with, of course, Robin Leonard uh, still on the shelf. You know, they've tried to give Oscar Dance the safety dance, a start here or there. Uh, they've tried to uh, give, you know, the, they almost get, had to give Logan Thompson the start the other night, but they decided not to and put Fleury in back-to-back games uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues. So that kind of tells you that uh, Peter DeBoer's kind of uh, hesita- hesitant with his uh, young goalies that he's got you know, in the uh, waiting in the wings behind Flurry right now uh, with Leonard out, that the fact that he put Flurry in back-to-back uh, against St. Louis. So uh, definitely something to watch for, that maybe you're starting to see a little bit of, you know, the games and the minutes uh, adding up for Flurry, and maybe it's starting to show in his game a little bit, uh, eroding uh, his performance in net the last uh, few games. All right, great stuff, Jimmy. Great stuff, Alex. Uh, we br- have gotten through every game on this Monday card, all nine games, and a little less than an hour. So impressive pace. Uh, you talk about teams that play with pace. We played with pace uh, on this show today. <laughs> nine games in less than an hour. Uh, before we get to best bets, a reminder. Look, it's March Madness. In addition to, of course, hockey every day, 
Now's no better time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. There's March Madness incentives. There's deposit bonuses. There's weekly specials. There's all kinds uh, of great perks you can get right now. And, and all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code uh, THPN. So make sure you get on that. And if there's any week to do that, download that DraftKings app, sign up, and use that THPN promo code. If there's any week to do it, it's this week with March Madness coming up uh, starting on Thursday. Great uh, turnout with our YouTube live show today, 144 live viewers was at our peak today that is a huge record for a monday usually we get over 100 on weekends for the live uh, shows but to get this many on a monday is absolutely awesome and we thank each and every one of you for tuning in from the bottom of our, of our heart we really appreciate it um and we uh, hope you join us every single day we're here seven days a week recording live 2 p.m eastern monday to friday on youtube noon Eastern, Saturday and Sunday. And of course, if you cannot tune into the show live, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form, which is available daily at all major podcast platforms. And of course, we also have our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Ice Guys. We've got articles there. We've got Alex's goaltending charts, which he updates. Uh, we're going to have some articles for games starting this week from me. Uh, and of course, our daily betting card, from the entire Ice Guys crew is also posted each and every day at patreon.com uh, slash Ice Guys. Great stuff, guys. Let's get to best bets. Uh, it's been a great run of uh, plays for from all three of us. The crew has been in great form since last Thursday. Let's see if we can keep it going. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Best bet for Monday. Yeah, we're going to go with the Washington Capitals team total over three and a half goals minus $1.15. Uh, he said this offense should be able to to uh, feast tonight against this, this sorry Buffalo squad. Uh, I just don't see where their defensive stops will come from. So uh, I like Washington to score at least four more goals. So uh, over three and a half minus dollar fifteen is my best bet. All right, Washington over three and a half team total minus one fifteen. Alex's best bet. Jimmy, best bet. What do you got for us? Yeah, guys, I'm gonna uh, go with the over in that same game, but for the whole game, the over five and a half is my best bet. All right, Washington Buffalo over five and a half, minus 125 uh, for Jimmy Murphy's best bet. Uh, my best bet is going to be, uh, I was going to do Calgary, but I've used Calgary enough. I want to switch. <laughs> That's pretty strong for me. Yeah. I think it's best bet worthy, but uh, I'm going to go a little something different here. I'm going to go with this late afternoon game uh, because I'm a, I'm just shocked this totals as low as it is, five and a half with uh Tampa Bay scoring. Tampa Bay actually leaking a little bit defensively. And you've got Curtis McElhaney in that, who's actually really struggled this year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, of course, the Detroit game, you know, that they lost. He was in net, and they lost that game 6-4. to four. Uh, I'm on Nashville-Tampa Bay, over 5.5, minus 120. That'll be my best bet for this Monday uh, NHL card for Monday, March 15th. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in live. We appreciate it. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.